Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by our good friends over at Leadership Path, and I think that's particularly apropos, as they say, uh, with the stuff we're talking about in today's episode. If you're looking to find, develop, and keep young leaders on your team, I want you to reach out to our good friends over at Leadership Pathway. These people have literally worked with hundreds and hundreds of young people. Uh, they've talked to candidates. They're, they have a proven process for uh, developing young leaders in your church. In fact, they've got a brand new ebook on the five core competencies at the heart of the leadership development process with ev- of every church that they partner with. And they're giving it to you for free. All you need to do is go to leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary to pick that up. Listen, uh, I have a lot of sponsors on this show. Leadership Pathway is an organization that I am proud to be on the board of, to be helping uh, be, be a bit of an advisor for, and I really just think that they do a great job, particularly with developing young leaders, and I'd love for you to learn more about them. Go to leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary to pick up this new ebook about the five core competencies that are at the heart of the leadership development process that they partner with. This is about developing young leaders. We all need next generation leaders in our church. Leadership Pathway, they are the experts at that. They have a proven process for doing that. They've done it with dozens and dozens of churches, literally developed hundreds of young leaders. You should benefit from their experience. Again, that's leadershippathway.org forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, friends, we're back with another Office Hours episode here at Unseminary. These episodes are really designed to help get you some support. Our motto here at Unseminary is always helping church leaders, and our hope is that these episodes are just one more way that we can help you. We'd love to hear from you. Drop by unseminary.com, look for the tab that says Office Hours, submit your question. We would love to feature your question on a new episode. Today's episode, we've got two really great questions from some friends. The first is all about really volunteer recruiting best practices. I dive into some stuff around what we should be doing on that front, particularly building new teams. And the second question is all about how do we reach people who might not normally attend our services, whether that be in person or online. I think you're going to love these questions. Let's jump in with today's episode. Rich, it's Leslie here from Celebration Church in Brantford, Ontario. Uh, we've been around about 30 years and have a few hundred people that call our church home. And we've recently sold our previous location and we're actually in the middle of a huge building project that we are so excited about. Um, but because we're in the middle of a building project, it means that we are using a rented temporary facility for about a year until we're in our new home. A big challenge for us is that our rented space is smaller than we're used to. So we've had to split into two 
services on Sunday instead of one, and we've never done this before. Um, and it's posed quite a challenge for us. We just barely have enough volunteers to cover one service in this season, uh, and now we're trying to figure out how to do two. So that's my question for you. For churches with multiple services, do you recommend that the same volunteers stay on for the entire morning and cover both services, or do you have two different teams so they can serve one and attend the other? Um, I feel like regardless of what we do, we're going to need to double our teams. So how do we do that too? <laughs> uh, I'd just love to hear some of your advice on this. Thanks, Rich. All right. This is a fantastic question from Leslie, one that we're all facing. First of all, cheering for celebration as they're making a bold move. I just love what they've done. They've sold their church building, uh, and which is a, a great facility. I've actually been to this church and... Um, but moving towards a better church that's actually a better facility that's better for their community. And I just think this is such a great move, but obviously it's put them in a bit of a pickle here for a year as they're uh, really feeling the pinch from a volunteer point of view. And um, so, yeah, I want to help Leslie kind of unpack this a little bit. Volunteers, critical in any season particularly important in this season. I think so many of us are wrestling with this engagement question. And so she asks some pretty straightforward questions around volunteering. But let's before we get to those, let's tackle why should we be thinking about volunteering and really growing our volunteer teams? This is a season that we all really should be looking at increasing the total number of people on our volunteer teams and really the the quality of those teams and the quality of that experience. Great volunteer teams really lead, they're a precursor to church growth. So we typically see a 3x return on on volunteers. So if 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 uh you know I can tell you about your um if you tell me how many people are volunteering in your church, typically your attendance is 3x that. Uh and so one of the ways that we can work towards church growth is actually to increase the total number of volunteers on your team. And why is that? It's because of the mechanics behind how people's daily lives work when uh we know that churches grow because people invite their friends. It's actually through inc- increasing the invitability of your church, uh, the invite culture of your church that your church grows. And when you get more people plugged into volunteering, that ultimately leads to more people um you know, coming to your church and getting plugged in long term. And so this is a critical piece for all of us at not just for a church like Leslie's as they're thinking about this year and wrestling through what are they going to do and all that. But it's important for us uh, if we're thinking about uh, growing our church and reaching more people here in 2022. So a couple things. First of all, uh, you said it, Leslie, I want to affirm the two things you said. One is attend one, serve one. Uh, this really is a best practice for our volunteers on a couple fronts. First of all, uh, it balances the load. So you don't have a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, people serving where it's just a, or a, or you're asking a small group of people to do a tremendous amount of the work. You're trying to find more people to get plugged in. Uh, it also, to be honest, uh, 50% in most churches, 50% of your volunteers are kids ministry people. And if you don't do attend one, serve one, that's 50% of your volunteers that are not going to be connecting with what's happening in the adult service in quote unquote big church, uh, in any given week. And so attend one, serve one values them and keeps them plugged into the community, keeps them, uh, driving towards what it means to be a part of the church. And so you want to do that. You want to give that uh, them that opportunity. So attend one, serve one. I want to affirm that that's really the best practice of what you should be uh, aiming towards. It sounds like it, it does make it more difficult because you're at least doubling the total number of volunteers that you need to have. But actually the ask is an easier ask because people aren't going to miss 
the core service. I'm not going to miss the adult service time. So that's the first thing. Second of all, I really do think the best practice for volunteer rotations is a one in three week rotation. So uh, that's attending one week and then not attending, not serving for two more weeks. Now, this probably the exception to this would be small group leaders within small within kids ministry, where uh, I know that there's a school of thought, and which I think is really good, uh, that really those people should be serving weekly uh, or at, at least every other week, that we want to have a high consistency in those areas. But with the exception of that, I really do think that attending or, or serving one and then having two weeks off is a best practice. And here's the reason why. If you do monthly, you're forced into, or people ultimately do think like, oh, I serve on the first Sunday or the second Sunday. But the problem with that is there are lots of, you know, four times a year where we typically get uh, five-week Sundays and that throws off that schedule. Uh, and so a one and three keeps them looking at your calendar, keeps them looking at what you're sending to them, keeps you th- them thinking about, hey, what, uh, you know, what should we be doing? Uh, how, you know, should I be volunteering this weekend? That sort of thing. So one in three week rotation, I really do think is uh, best practice. It also gives you, uh, frankly, as a volunteer, it gives you some downtime. You know, it, it does, it's, it's a reasonable ask. Now, with the two things I just gave you, gosh, we have just increased the total number of volunteers significantly in your church. Uh, and, you know, you weren't asking a, a recruiting question, uh, but I want to give you a couple insights from a recruiting point of view. And really, there's there's two things. Uh, and there's listen, there's so much we could talk about this, and we have a lot of resources on seminary about this. But the two things I, I want to uh, put in your head, Leslie, as you're thinking about recruiting, the first is WIFM. What does WIFM stand for? WIFM uh, simply means what's in it for me, W-I-I-F-M. When we communicate about volunteering, what we don't want to do is communicate our need. What we do want to do is communicate how the people in our church uh, will benefit from volunteering. So uh, when you think about volunteering, it's not that, hey, we need we need kids to, we need people to serve within kids ministry, or we need people to serve on the usher team, or we need people to be involved in music. Uh, we offer these opportunities because, and you need to think about what are the benefits to them. It's an opportunity for them to develop community. It's a, a chance for them to get a, a deeper sense of purpose. It's an opportunity for them to exercise their Jesus, uh, you know, their Jesus loving muscles in their life. Uh, it's, it's all about them. So with them, with them, with them. What I would ch- challenge you to do is when you're writing uh, either copy for your website or an email or an announcement. Don't ever use the word we when you're writing about volunteering. Always use the word you. So challenge yourself to not refer to your needs. We need this. We need this. Or our is another word to eliminate. Always use your. So your, 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 not our and we. All right. So with them, that's the first one. Second, uh, we all know that the best volunteer recruiting tool is the shoulder tap. So this is the taking time to actually get to know people and say, hey, you know what? I really see this in you. And uh, because I see that in you, I really do think that this role at the church would be best. And all of us on a, you know, our staff teams really need to get good at the shoulder tap. We need to get good at who are those people in our church that are and at finding people in our church that are not connected and then pushing them to get plugged in. Uh, but if we, we obviously cannot do that at scale, Leslie, and you need to add a lot of people. So what we need to be thinking about is what are those environments 
environments that approximate the shoulder tap and look at maybe existing small groups that you could get out to and do a tour. What if you went and visited uh, 10 small groups in the next two months and sat down with them in a relational context and talked about the opportunities and how with them, how it would make life better for them if they volunteered. Uh, and, and because you're doing that in a relational context, you're not doing it in an asking obligatory you know, con- uh, context, you'll see a better return rate. You also could really be working on creating social environments where you could talk about volunteering. And so uh, this could literally be, hey, how do we create uh, social times where people from our church will get a chance to hang out. So it could be literally, let's let's run some fun stuff. I know you're in uh, the north there in uh, the wintertime. What if you rented out a hockey rink next month and in, simply invited people from the church to come to it and uh, say it, you know, it, sell it as we're having a community skating time for everyone that's plugged into our church. And we're going to do a 10 minute talk about the future of our church, just a, a chance to learn how to get plugged in. So you give, give, give lots of relationship, get a chance to hang out, shake lots of hands, kiss all the babies, give them some Tim Horton, Timbits, you know, all that stuff. And then at the end, do a 10-minute vision pitch that's all about the future of the church and the fact that, you know, now would be a great time for them to get plugged in. Again, not for you as the church, but for them as people uh, attending. So creating a social environment uh, could be a great option for you in this season. And if you did one of those every other month for this whole year, you would see an increase in your volunteerism. Listen, Leslie, cheering for you, cheering for celebration. I love what your church is doing. Uh, Hopefully this is helpful. Reach out. Let us know if we can help in any way. Take care. Hey, Rich Birch. It's Jeff Peters, Executive Director at LaCroix Church in Southeast Missouri. We are a United Methodist Church with average weekly attendance, both in person and on the internet, of about 2,200 people. Uh, spread across three uh, in-person worship offerings and four online offerings. And the thing that I've been thinking about, or actually two things that I've been thinking a lot about lately, is how do we reach new people in our community who aren't going to attend a worship service, either in the building or online, as a first step or maybe even a next step? Uh, And then also, how do we build a more robust leadership pipeline that is not so staff-centric? Anyway, would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. All right, fantastic questions from Jeff Peters from LaCroix, fantastic leader too. I just love this church. They are doing all kinds of really cool things. This is one of those churches that uh, you would be well served by following. Uh, So two things. First of all, love that he submitted two questions. And uh, I'd love if you submit questions to just submit one. (laughs) That's so fun, Jeff. All right, so two things. Let's dig into the invite culture question first. Uh, This is a fantastic question. How do we reach more people who who maybe are unlikely to come to our in-person services or unlikely to come to our online services. You're asking the right questions, Jeff, leaning in, thinking about growth, thinking about impact. Now, kind of overall, first of all, the way our churches grow is our friends uh, invite them uh, invite their friends to come to church, whether that's in line, uh, in, online or in person. So um, what I'm not going to say to you is, hey, you should do a big 
uh, push to do a bunch of Facebook ads or you should do a mass uh, dump of flyers, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, really, what we want to be doing is looking for ways to increase, to turn up the invite culture. So time and again, the fastest growing churches in the country, when you when you dig apart what has gone on inside those churches, uh, it's really about increasing the invite, car- in- invite culture, the invitability of their church. But just wait, uh, I do have some suggestions, some practical suggestions for you. The big idea is this. If you're trying to reach people who don't currently attend your church, rather than saying, come and see, uh, what I really think you should be doing is going and serving. So go and serve. Uh, there really is huge opportunities for most of our churches to get out of their, our seats and into the streets to make a difference in our church. And there's two ways I want to encourage you to do this here in 2022. First of all, would be to get something on the calendar now where uh, you're encouraging your people to get out of their st- seats and in, into the streets and actually do something to make a difference in your community. You know, there's some churches that'll do the first Saturday serve where uh, they'll literally canvas their community and say, hey, are there things that uh, that you need help with? And and we'd love to send people to your house to help. And maybe you you target a thousand homes around your church buildings and go after those people and say, hey, we'd love to come and serve. And we're going to do that the first Saturday of every month. They call it First Saturday Serve. Or um, I know some churches that actually take a Sunday off in the spring and uh, they call it service for service. And so they take a Sunday and instead of doing a normal, typical Sunday, they try to motivate 70, 80, 90% of their population that would normally come on a weekend. You try to get them motivated to go out and make a difference. Uh, We've done a ton of this over the years. And I can say that this does pay dividends in the long haul uh, when it comes to impacting your community. uh, Because rather than just inviting people in, you're going and serving them and it gets your people in the face of other folks. Now, there's a ton that we could talk about here. You've got to make sure the serving experience is fun. You've got to make sure that it's the kind of experience that uh, makes an actual difference. You've got to make sure that uh, everybody's wearing a t-shirt. You've got to find that you've got to have some collateral available to tell people about the church, but that's another question, how to make serving experiences uh, really the best for engaging in the community. Uh, So that's the one thing is I would get it on a calendar. The second way uh, is I would have your leadership team open this year to thinking about and really looking for opportunities where you could run towards a problem in your community. I really do believe one of my core convictions as a leader is that leaders run towards problems. Our job is to, when we see problems, to run towards them, to fix them. And that's the same in our communities. We want to find problems. And when things happen in our community, these are golden opportunities for our church to mobilize volunteers and to make a difference in the community. We had this happened last year in in our church, and um, there was a tornado that went through. It was literally like once in a 20-year tornado. It does not happen all the time. Uh, it's not that we're not that kind of community. It's you know, We're not in a normal place for that. But um, And I was just so proud of my wife and the team uh, because they motivated people to serve and uh, not just show up on the first day to help people clean up but actually within a week did a mental health clinic with uh, with a, um, uh, a doctor from the community that's well-respected to help parents talk to their kids about what happened. And, you know, because they were finding all kinds of kids were um, having a problem, you know, wrestling with and feeling like nervous about and have anxiety around the, uh, the, the tornado. Uh, they did community fun stuff where they brought in food trucks and really tried to kind of celebrate the community rebuilding. 
and then over Christmas time, uh, went back and invited people to uh, to come to church for a celebration at Christmas time. Uh, and this opportunity was not on the schedule. It was simply a leadership team that was postured looking for opportunities. And when opportunity struck, uh, it's really saying, okay, we're going to jump. Now, a part of this, I would say, to make this work well, what you need to do is identify, to kind of have a pre- identified number, maybe $10,000, $20,000 in cash available in your budget that it's really just cash looking for an opportunity. And I can tell you uh, that when you do that repeatedly, when you're seen as a kind of church that jumps in when there's problems and you do that time in, time out, uh, it will make a difference in the life of your church. And you'll see people who don't normally attend church come to your church. Again, it's not a one-off thing. It's got to become a part of your system. You've got to be the kind of church that people see as, wow, these people are actually good for uh, our community. Again, so kind of looking for, so one, if we're looking for community service, one way is to kind of schedule it, get some stuff on the calendar this coming year. Uh, and the second would be to uh, to really have your leadership team postured looking for opportunities. The, the other way I would also think about how, you know, how do we reach how do we build the kind of kind of inflow of people who don't normally attend our church? We need to maybe look for some alternative invite environments. So these would be environments that your people could invite their friends to. And the two that jump to mind that I've seen consistently be great on this front, uh, one is Financial Peace University. We know that people have uh, problems with their finances. It's a pain point that people actually have. And Dave Ramsey does have a national uh, platform and does have a way for churches to plug into uh, providing a reasonable class that solves real-world financial problems for people in a grace-filled way that's practical. And FPU is just a fantastic resource for that. And it can be the kind of thing that you could run ads towards or get your people to invite their friends to, uh, to, hey, we're running a Financial Peace University over the next 10 weeks. We'd love for you to be a part of it. The other one is Alpha. If you're not familiar with Alpha, it's based around a series of questions that people ask, and their uh, resources are just super high quality. They do a fantastic job. And again, it's an entire system. It's not a one-off piece, but it's a great place that consistently God has used to reach uh, people in communities who don't normally attend church. And Alpha is based on a video series uh, from Alpha International, and uh, it's got a great social content to, content to it where it's really based on people coming together, uh, getting their questions answered, having a meal together. It is fantastic. So uh, how to build an invite culture with people that's not just about attending Sunday, that would be a few ideas I would give you, Jeff. The other question you asked around leadership pipeline, this is that's not so staff centric. This is a great question, uh, super insightful question. All of us need to be finding ways to develop more leaders. I'm going to try to go quicker on this one, uh, but I do have a couple quick ideas. So the first is what about running a book club? So book book clubs are a fantastic way to develop leaders in an organic way. Uh, I love that our friend Dan Ryland said the best way to develop leaders uh, is to get ten people together in a room, uh, give them a book, and tell them to read it, and then. And get together every two months to talk about it. What if you structured a similar kind of thing this coming year? Uh, and but you deliberately say, "Hey, what we're going to do is I'm going to target instead of ten, I'm going to target five people who are great leaders. We're going to run a leadership book club under the guise of I'm hoping that we'll do this for three months. We'll read this book and then get together and talk about it. But I would like you to leader uh, to lead another round of leadership book clubs in the second half, the second quarter. So maybe you do this one this this quarter and then next." 
next quarter, you say, hey, I would love for you uh, to do that. And then maybe you get all those people together uh, to talk, you know, at the end about a, a third book, that kind of thing. So again, explicitly going after them to say, hey, we would love to um, not only uh, get together and do a book club, but really I want to kind of pre- uh, pre-sell you on the idea of getting other people involved to, uh, you know, to do that. So that would be another idea. The second question I would love, to, you know, to, or the second piece of this I would love to talk to you about when it talks about, you know, how do we develop a leadership pipeline is really campus expansion. So Jeff, I'd love to push you on thinking about launching a new location. A church of your size should be thinking about new campuses, and I've never seen anything like. Uh, launching new locations for developing a robust leadership pipeline. It's, it really creates the excuse to develop a whole new set of volunteers. And I've seen over, you know, close to 2000 volunteers released to that, uh, into a, into the pipeline, into be, you know, to new leadership positions. Two thirds of them were never serving in a volunteer capacity before. Uh, it really is an incredible way to do it. Again, there's tons we could talk about there. But I would love to ask you that question. What What if this was the year that you guys looked real seriously about launching a new campus? Jeff, cheering for you, cheering for LaCroix. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help you in the coming weeks. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.